0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Welcome to Inside Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Coming up, though Clemson football is in the offseason, there are still plenty of things to talk about. In case you didn't know, LeVon Kirkland played in Super Bowl 30 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. LeVon speaks on the feeling of what it was like knowing he was going to play in the Super Bowl and the experiences he had leading up to the big game and during it. Linebacker Mike Jones surprised everyone at Clemson when he put his name into the transfer portal last week. LaVon and I discussed what it means for Jones and for the Clemson defense in 2021. Speaking of the 2021 football season, the new football schedule was released last Thursday, and LaVon and I break down the games that you should look forward to this coming season. Also, Clemson is keeping Tony Elliott and Brent Venables for another year in Tigertown. What does it mean for Clemson football in 2021? But before we do all of that, as you know, the Super Bowl is right around the corner. And if you're looking for a place to bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Alright, now welcome in the guy who, you know, when I think of Clemson football and I go back to... You know, the era where I really started learning about Clemson football was in the 80s. This guy, LeVon Kirkland, co hosted this show with me. Man, the namesake of this show. Man, you are what I think about when I think of football, outside linebackers, inside linebacker in the NFL. You're the man, man. So LeVon Kirkland, welcome, buddy.
0: Thank you for that ringing endorsement. I really appreciate that. And also, I must be way older than, Or you said when you started following of football. Yeah, but um, yeah, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I have to thank my mother and father. And also I, I talked to somebody this week and they were just, they were curious about how can you do this at this size? And this is a lesson for young kids today that are playing sports. I really feel that playing multiple sports really helps you in your main sport. I have nothing against guys who are training and they're doing a bunch of exercises now that I see. But honestly, I think playing different sports help you become better at your main sport. What do you think about that?
1: Well, well, first of all, I am not not too far behind you in age because, you know, I I just remember that uh, I was at homecoming that day when you got I was still in high school. You, I think, second year at Clemson, technically. So I was a little bit behind you. But that homecoming game against Duke is what I always remember. Your coming out party, yeah, 1988. So, and I always tell everybody about that. That's when, that's when I first remember Levon Kirkland. So, and then to answer your question, though, I agree with you on playing multiple sports. I played multiple sports in high school as well, Um, and uh, I remember when I started playing tennis. And uh, and 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 I'll admit this: the reason I started playing tennis was because of a girl, so I have uh, no problem admitting that. So sometimes that's the
0: best reason to play,
1: right? I mean, I loved tennis growing up, watched Wimbledon and all that stuff, and and, and always enjoyed it, but never really played it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I wanted to get this girl's attention, so I started playing. I went out there and I started playing. And uh, but Will, I'll tell you, you what, else? man, <laughs> yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and so, but I'll tell you what though, it playing basketball really translated to tennis yeah and and i tell anybody who does because the movement is very similar um mm-hmm. with your uh, with your side to side motions with the way you play defense and if the way you play defense and basketball really goes well with your steps in tennis and so right there's a lot of transition there and it really helped and the reason i was a kind of a natural at tennis once i learned my swings and all that stuff well and it got consistent playing basketball helped me where if oh, yeah. I probably didn't play basketball, I might have struggled a little bit more. Now, granted, I'm a little bit of a natural athlete, so that helps. But I think more so it was me playing that one sport that allowed me to do that other one. And mm-hmm. because I played tennis, I think it made me a better basketball player, too. So, um, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. would you agree?
0: Yeah, I, I do. And, you know, it's funny that you bring up tennis. Me and my cousin that's in the same grade that I, I was, we would play tennis, too. We learned how to play tennis in the ninth grade. And we absolutely love tennis. And I think in tennis, you got to be so quick. And your lateral movement has got to be there Mm -hmm. to play the game. So, you know, I I forgot about playing tennis as much as we used to play in the ninth grade. And I can see how that can really develop your skills, especially your quickness. So, yeah, I encourage kids now to to play multiple sports. You know, I, I know it's popular to focus in on your one sport and you do all the different drills that everybody and their mother have you doing. But man, you know, if you play football, play basketball, play basketball, run track, do something different. That's going to really help your motor skills and your muscle memory.
1: And if you think about the wide receivers and the defensive backs in today's game of the NFL um, and college, you know, you think of a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, right? Or Mike Williams. Um, Those guys played, uh, basketball in high school and they were good at it like i mean uh, nuke i always want to say nuke because that's how i know him as nuke nuke you know was an all-state player in, in right. basketball and and won the region um player of the year in basketball as well as football i think he's the only person who's won player of the year like three years in a row for football and three years in a row for basketball that's in this incredible. area so He's a, he was a heck of an athlete, still is, and but because he played basketball and football, I think that's why you see Nuke doing so well in football and why he's so dominant the way he is. Because you throw up a jump ball, there's not many guys going to out jump Nuke. Right,
0: he's going to set you up. He's going to post you up, and get that rebound. But another guy you can mention in that category is John Abraham, that played mm-hmm. at the University of South Carolina, had a very long career in the NFL, and also played at my high school, Lamar High. You know, he didn't play football until his senior year, but he was a track guy and a basketball guy. And you could see his speed converting over to football. And he was a heck of a defensive end. I remember the first time I saw him play uh, at South Carolina versus Tennessee, he got a sack. Tennessee won that game, of course. But I was saying in my mind, that guy's going to be in the first round. Mm -hmm. that guy's gonna be the first round i wasn't saying because he went to lamar but you know i think playing those multiple sports
1: actually helped him out a great deal yeah t t higgins another guy played basketball was a basketball star at uh, in high school right he switched over football um and then of course going to the track route with clemson you couple guys come to mind first a guy you played with james trapp (laughs) Yes. <laughs> was a uh, almost an Olympic sprinter. Um, uh, and then, you know, um, another guy, Larry Ryans you played with, um, yeah. comes to mind, a guy, people more of the recent crowd will know CJ Spiller mm-hmm. was a track star. And then Jacoby Ford was a national champion at Clemson, um, in, in, in the 60 meters. So, you know, you see guys, if, if you parents out there listening, you see what we're talking about. We're giving you examples of guys who all played in the NFL <laughs> and were major college football players, but yet also excelled in other sports as well. So think about that when you got your kids and you're putting them in a different sport and you or you're trying to focus on one thing. And Lavon, the other thing I like about it is when you play multiple sports, it breaks up the monotony of practice in that other sport and it allows you to feel like you're doing something different when you don't get bored. Yes.
0: No question about it. I, I used to look forward to basketball practice after the football season because it's a whole I lot easier. It's a, yeah, not as many collisions, and you're doing some really fun drills. You know that three man weave drill was my drill. I love that drill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you're do, you're doing different things. Uh, now I know you, I know you probably don't remember this guy, but we had a guy named Charlie James from Mississippi mm-hmm. that was also a two sport guy. He he hurt his neck.
1: He was a linebacker, wasn't he? No, he was a running back. Running he back.
0: Was about, okay. uh, he was about a good six two two twenty. Tell you, man, this guy would have been a superstar if he didn't get hurt. And he played a little bit behind Terry Allen. You have to really kind of search for it. But I'm telling you, that guy would have been the next great. He would have been one of the great running backs that come from Clemson University. So, yeah, I whole advertisement about playing multiple sports, man. I think it's really, I mean, it's really letting people know that doing that is going to actually enhance your career. And also you put LeBron James in that category too because he was a great high school football player as well. And I used to use that when I was uh, when you're lurking the hall for players and these guys are playing basketball and you say, well, hey, LeBron James played played football too. And they'd be like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> i said, there's not a whole lot of room for 6'3 um, power fours, but you put 6'3 on the football field, opportunity
1: for you to get paid so yeah D- Dwayne Allen uh, was a basketball star uh, where he grew really? up and you know had D1 offers to play basketball too and um, he decided to, to go football route and um, he'll tell you he made the best decision of his life going oh, to that football.
0: worked
1: out for him <laughs> it worked out pretty good and he'll tell you that right. Dwayne's a great story um, with that and how he transitioned to football um, but I guess we won't spend too much time on that because you know we got to talk about The Super Bowl, man, and that's part of what we're going to talk about today is, um, you know, Super Bowl 55 is coming up uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next Sunday. Um, But, LeVon, so first of all, man, your guy who made it to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I want to know that feeling because I remember this game, how my gut – or, excuse me, my heart was almost ripped out of my chest because the year before, you guys lost to San Diego in the conference title game, and and it it was already a devastating – I was already like remembering that. So here comes Indianapolis and Harbaugh throws his Hail Mary up into the air. And as mm-hmm. I'm watching it go, I'm saying, please do not let that guy catch it. Please, whatever you do. I was elated when finally it fell to the ground incomplete because it almost got caught. What was your feeling? Were you First of all, were you on the field then? And then what was your feeling when you knew you guys are going to the Super Bowl?
0: Well, at that time, the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't quite know about my covering skills on third down. So I wasn't on the field at that particular time. But I I remember watching that. And I remember it going up in the air and I, it was silence. I mean, there was I mean it was dead quiet in that in that stadium. And seeing the ball almost get caught at first, I was like, oh my God, he caught it. It happened to us again. But you see the you see the you see the end zone referee is like clearly indicated that it fell to the ground. And he said that he swung around just in time to see it hit the ground. So he's in perfect position to make that call. So, man, it made everything better. When we were, we knew we were going to the Super Bowl, we finally made it. Man, it was, I'm telling you, it was a long road because, you know, we we, it, it's like we took a step. And it was like every year we kind of took a step to get there. The one year we lost to Kansas City in a wild card. We, we should have won that game. Then the next year, you know, we beat Cleveland, and everybody really believes that we're going to the Super Bowl. I really think that's our best. That's really our best team. We end up coming up short against San Diego. And then this team that goes to the Super Bowl, we started off, a lot of people don't realize, we started off three and four. And Coach Coward just did a wonderful job of, Setting our mindsets to being okay, we're gonna be one and zero at the half of the season, two and oh. And we were I think we ran off of like maybe eight straight games in a row. We we got there, and that game, it was tough, man, because the coach, man, they were well coached and Harbaugh just really played his butt off. And it was just an intense game the whole time. I think one of the best games in the NFL playoffs. And when we won that game and understanding that you're going to the biggest game, the game that I imagined I would be in as a kid, you know, just playing that thing over and over in my backyard. And to finally be going to the Super Bowl, it was amazing. It really was. It was a great feeling. It was like you knew you were the only show going on that day. You know, that whole week, the whole buildup to it, I mean – and we were going against a very, a very good team in the Dallas Cowboys. They are going to test our defense. People were giving us no chance of stopping them and stopping their powerful running game. So it was, you know, football is always, always about storylines, and you try to find the storyline. But that one really stuck in my head about them being able to run the ball on us. And I really, I really take, I really took a team running the ball on us. Very personal. I really did. I, I, I felt like if a team got over 100 yards on us, it was somehow um, I had something to do with. It. So I took somebody running the ball on us very personally. But yeah, man, it was just amazing. All the media coverage you get, all the gifts you get too. You get a bunch of bags full of stuff. So it was great. And then I was able to, you know, my family was able to enjoy it as well. So seeing my mother and father there, my brothers and sisters, and being able to share that experience with them was tremendous. But there's nothing like playing in the Super Bowl. For a football player, that's the ultimate. I mean, winning, winning the Super Bowl is definitely probably more so, but even having the opportunity to play is, is big time.
1: Yeah, I know young people look at Tom Brady and they say, he's going to his 10th Super Bowl. It must be so easy. Right. It's, it's not easy. It's not – most, fo- most football players don't even play in the Super Bowl. They never make right. it their entire career. I mean, go, let's go look at some – I mean, we can name a few. Barry Sanders, right. one of the greatest running backs of all time, never made it to a Super Bowl. You know, yeah. you, can go, you can go on and on with guys like that, that that did all these things that are Hall of Famers, never played in a Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to do something that uh, maybe 1% or 2% of all NFL players ever do. Yeah. Um, and, and I just can't imagine it, man, because I, I'm like you. I love football, but I knew <laughs> at a very early age my football career was going to end early. So right. I knew there was no chance of going to a Super Bowl for me. <laughs> so I can't imagine what that's like to play in that game that of that magnitude and on that stage. The feeling, the, the butterflies, just everything, man, because, you know, growing up, that's all you, you know. You know, I used to watch, still do, to be honest with you, the, the old NFL films where they show all the Super Bowl highlights from Super I, Bowl. I, I watched
0: that, too. Yeah, you're not the only one.
1: Yeah, so you kind of get up, you know, so you just got this idea of what it might be like to play in that game. Did it meet your expectations, LeVon, when you oh, got yeah. there? Did it meet your expectations?
0: It did. And the cool thing was I was voted captain that year. You know, and I was pretty – I was only in my fourth year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, for my team to uh, – to, really both me and his captain that was said a whole lot so the cool thing though is being a captain at the super bowl because all eyes are focused on you and that coin toss and i remember damonte dawson who's a hall of famer center for the pittsburgh steelers for a long time he was like hey kurt look to your right that's vanessa williams you like oh my god that is vanessa williams <laughs> And so, you, so you're seeing all these celebrities, but they're paying attention to you. So you got the whole state, the whole country, at least, and, you know, parts of the world that are looking at you. So walking out to, to the coin toss was amazing. I mean, it was. And then you see the, the planes flying by and your nerves are really cooking. I can tell you why my nerves were up. Because when you're very nervous and you're playing a sport, your knees will automatically start knocking. Like they would start shaking. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really have that feeling but a couple times in my career. Never in high school. In college, my first game at Clemson, on the kickoff, my knees were knocking. But, you know, after a while, I got over it. My My first time playing in the NFL, my knees were knocking. And I thought that feeling was behind me because you know this is like my fourth year in the NFL. So I'm a I'm a season pro, been starting for three years. I shouldn't be nervous, but the first time we lined up for that first play, my knees were knocking like crazy. So <laughs> I was nervous, but it was a good thing. You know, it was just like it was if your knees wasn't knocking. The first time you played a significant game like that, then you're just not human. And you don't care about the game as much as you should. So yeah, man, my knees were knocking. It really was. I was like, can't believe I'm in the Super Bowl because I played that game like a thousand times in my mind back at home in Lamar, South Carolina. So to be actually able to play on the real stage in Phoenix, Arizona, it was amazing. It really was. It was, it was a high that I just really can't describe, and I've never been high before, so <laughs> I really can't give anybody description of what,
1: you high, go is. what the high is. Yeah,
0: but I was I was on a high, man. Even the the whole week, even practice, you know, like practice you look forward to. You know, usually practice you're like, okay, it's something I gotta do. Mm-hmm. But man, that week in practice, man, everybody, everybody's flying around the ball, man. Everybody's having a good practice. Everybody's focused. It was really good to see it. You just enjoy, I mean, and Coach Coward did a good job of letting us enjoy ourselves and also getting ready for the game as the game comes along. But another cool thing was I got to fly on Hulk Hogan's private jet. Me and a late great Kevin Green, guy named Rick Berkholder, who is the head trainer for the Kansas City Chiefs, we were in we were in Arizona and KG knew how much I love wrestling. He loved wrestling too. And he was like, Hey man, you wanna go to this um this pay-per-view?
1: This happened on <laughs> Super Bowl week?
0: This is Super Bowl week. This is Tuesday. So we got the day, <laughs> we got the media stuff. It was on a Tuesday, we got the media stuff, and the rest of the day we got free. Right. So KG was like, you know, KG, his hair is just blowing at that time. I mean, it's almost past his shoulders. He's like okay. He always called me LK. okay, man, you want to go to this? Um, you want to go to this pay per view with me? I'm like, yeah. He says in Vegas, um, H- Hogan is, has his private plane going to come pick us up. We're going to go to Vegas, come back. We'll be back by tonight. I'm like, heck yeah! And so Rick came with us, man. It was amazing. You, you felt like a star at that time. So we flew to Vegas. Uh, they're really promoting Kevin to be, you know, a wrestler also. Mm-hmm. And so we met all these guys backstage. You know, you meet Rick Flair is um, Triple H was back then that time. Razor Ramon, Mister Fuji was there for whatever odd reason. He just meet a lot of these guys. And Eddie Guerrero was there, so it was amazing, amazing, amazing. And you know, all happened because you got a chance to go to the Super Bowl and. Playing in that game was so amazing for me also. But having that breakout game, and I think that was probably, for a lot of people, one of my best games. But I've been playing well the whole time, but I think the world got to see it. It, And and especially other people in the NFL, they got to see it. And it's just like, man, this kid is playing. And I had probably one of the best games of my career playing against Emmitt Smith, who was the standard and playing running back. And for us to stop him cold like we did, it was good. I don't think we – I mean, we just didn't win it. That's the only thing that took away from that awesome experience.
1: Well, this is the difference between why you played at Clemson and and why you went on to the NFL and played and why I didn't. If I saw Vanessa Williams, I would probably have not been able to do anything the rest of the day because – I couldn't even play in front of my girlfriend well because any I was always a distraction to me. So, right. Vanessa Williams, who I had a huge crush on growing up, would <laughs> have definitely distracted me the rest of the day, man. So, right. props to you to be able to go out and play the game that you played in that game with Vanessa Williams watching you. <laughs> yeah, you you would have been
0: in trouble, Will. <laughs> but <laughs> I was able to regain my focus. I just looked at her for like, maybe like 10 hot seconds. Hopefully, she didn't see me stare a hole in her. But yeah, I was able to <laughs> to shift my focus back on the game. But yeah, it was tremendous. It really was. I can imagine if we would have won that game, the party we would have had. It was. Oh, It'd probably been
1: just. I probably wouldn't have went to
0: sleep that
1: night. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Hey, but hey, I, 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 nobody wanted you to win it more than me. Trust me. Um, um, but I understand. I understand. We can't win them all, right? And that's the way right. it goes. But. Uh, you know, you were talking about just a second ago getting people to see how good of a football player you are, you are uh, in that game and, and, and that people could re- know who LeVon Kirkland was afterwards. And that did happen. Um, a guy who recently just decided out of nowhere, and I'll be honest with you, total shock for me, didn't see this coming. Mike Jones, you know, um, leaving Clemson, uh, put himself in the transfer portal last week. Let me ask you a question, man. First of all, how shocked were you when you saw that report when, when Mike Jones is no longer um, at Clemson?
0: Yeah, I was a little surprised. I, I thought that Mike was, from the outside looking in, he seemed a little gun ho for Clemson. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to be one of the leaders, one of the guys that was really, seemed to really enjoy himself being at Clemson. He was getting the opportunity to play a whole lot more. And you feel like, well, hey, if he comes back, man, he's going to be even better. Uh, uh, you you kind of wonder what happened. You, you never know. And sometimes you don't want to make a judgment mm-hmm. of what happened. Something could personally happen. Something in his family could happen. You never know. But, man, um, I told Rod McDowell this a long time ago. And he wanted to leave because, you know, he wasn't getting as much playing time. And I said, well, Rod, you, you play running back there's a chance that, you know, guys get hurt in front of you, you'll be the next guy to step up. And I said, think about it this way, too. You would have to start all over again. Start building relationships, getting used to a new environment. And I think a lot of times guys take for granted because, oh, I played at Clemson University. I'm going to have much more success at another maybe program that is not as good And usually sometimes that's not the case because now the success you had at Clemson, now you don't have all that surrounding success, that standard that you normally have uh, that you can always suspect. Trust me, every team, every program is not created equal. And you, you take for granted those relationships that you build. So now you go to another program and guess what? You may not even get along with your position coach and that happens maybe the maybe they don't see you the way that you see you you know they don't see your talent the way that you see it so I I think a lot of times you have to be careful about leaving especially leaving a really good program for another program simply because you want to get more playing time or you think you'll get more notoriety and a lot of times, that's really never the case. Like I said before, I don't know the re- his reason. So he may have a good reason mm-hmm. to go. And I and I'll always cheer for the student athlete. But yeah, was it a surprise? It was definitely a surprise because on the outside looking in, it looked like Mike was having a good time playing at Clemson and just thought that, okay, he enjoys it here. Why wouldn't he play? But yeah, I, I think it was a surprise. But yeah, look, like anybody would ask me, man, I would tell them to make sure that they understand what they're going into because it may not be that the grass is greener
1: on the other side. Yeah, and, you know, when you look at Mike Jones and say, okay, you know, you look at Clemson, who who they got coming up now. Was, uh, obviously, uh, Trenton Simpson is a guy I think, you know, automatically was already kind of starting anyway because Mike was injured a couple games and – Trent actually started the Sugar Bowl uh, for Clemson, so he's a guy automatically moves up into that spot. You know, you got some, um, you got some guys coming. You got a guy coming in, a freshman that they can play that linebacker safety hybrid kind of role. They they compare him a lot to an Isaiah Simmons. He's coming in um, um, in the summer, Um, and of course, you know they got uh, Malcolm Green who can play the nickelback and might be um, might be the best nickel back pure nickelback Clemson's ever had to be honest with you at least potentially he showed that this year in a couple games uh, especially that Notre Dame game Um, so you know you got guys that are that are there that kind of fit the piece so Clemson I I think it's gonna be okay on the field is what I'm saying where I worry about what Clemson loses with Mike Jones is a guy who is a team leader he's a guy people look up to Uh, when you go back to uh, the Black Lives Matter movement in Mm -hmm. the summer levon it was mike jones who spearheaded all of that i mean it was his baby his idea he's the one that got the ball rolling on it um he's the one that brought brought it to the football coaches and what they wanted to do he's the one that got the town to get around it you know going downtown businesses and getting them to support it mike jones was huge probably And he's the kind of guy he doesn't take credit because he's just not that way he'll sit back and let Others maybe take credit when reality was he was the guy who spearheaded it all because mm-hmm. he's just not that way. He doesn't like being in front of the camera as much. And um, so, with the new year comes tons of big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCityStakes.com/slash/gameday and save up to twenty-five dollars on combos, perfect for game day plus get free shipping with code believe that's b l e a v at checkout try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor mini beef wellington steak burger sliders mac and cheese melts shrimp wrap and bacon every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home satisfaction guaranteed or your money back basically Every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to com slash game day and use the code BELIEV, BLEAV at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. That's the kind of guy, and, and so when his teammates see that and they see his attitude and the way he's carried himself since he got to Clemson, you know, you lose that. That That's something, LeVon, that I don't think is replaced, right? I mean, you don't replace a leader like that in, in a locker room, do you?
0: No, not at all, because I think leadership is something that's earned. But, of course, playing time is something that's earned as well. But when you're talking about somebody being a leader, and a lot of times people tend to look at the leaders as the best football players on the team, but a lot of times it may not be. It may be the guy that doesn't play as much, but he leads in other ways. He, he's just a great example of how what you should be as a young man. And I remember us having a guy named Jamie Pleasant who didn't play at all, but his leadership was amazing. You know, Wayne Harps, that he was the only senior in a room, bunch of young guys at the outside linebacker position. And he hung in there and he led and he didn't really play that much. That senior year, he got hurt, so he wasn't playing much at all. But he was always in the meeting rooms, always at practice, and was a guy that we totally respect as a player. So, yeah, a lot of times when you lose that leadership, you lose a, a guy who's a great young man who's graduated. He's showing guys the way to do it. It it hurts a little bit. And then also, that's the kind of guy who's played in the the wars, you know, the the playoff games, the conference championships, who can relay that knowledge to a guy who may not have had as much experience at it. So, yeah, you you lose a a nice piece that you don't want to lose. But like I said before, you don't know the reasons why he's leaving. I don't understand it, but maybe it's not for me to understand. So you have to just kind of like, okay, trust the young man that he's making the best decision for himself. And as a program, you just have to know how to move on. But I think you make a great point by saying that it's not going to be his play on the field that you miss, but maybe in the locker room situation, maybe on the practice field, definitely in the classroom that you're going to miss that leadership. And I just wish Mike all the, all the luck in the world. I I really do. Um, I'm not a big fan of the transfer portal at all. I, I feel like, you know, maybe just the old school in me, you make a commitment to the school and you know, you try to play that on out, man. You try to graduate from that school. And I'm glad I did all that because I feel a certain connection to Clemson. Whether or not they feel it for me, doesn't really matter, but I feel that connection to Clemson University. So I, I really feel strongly that if you do make that commitment, and especially if the program makes the commitment back to you, then I think it's, it's great to see the way, the way out. But like I said before, I don't know what happened to Mike and why he made the decision. He's a good kid that I know so I mean, from afar. So you just hope that he makes the right decision. But I'm going to tell you, as old school guy, I'm not that fond of guys going into portal especially when it's about competition or about playing time. And uh, I just don't totally agree with that. I believe that if competition do come, you compete. You compete as hard as you can. And if it doesn't work out that you're not the starter, in college you're going to – if you're a good player, you're going to play. <laughs> They're going to rotate you in. And you never know what may happen. That guy from you may get hurt, and then you step in. I, I played behind – I played with guys like Wayne Simmons and John Johnson and Ashley Sheffield. You don't think there was some competition in that room? Just Ted. That for, From one position, really, four guys that were just incredibly solid. And I think we helped each other get better. So from uh, portal – trans, you know, from the portal um, issue, I don't really like it when guys are leaving because they're not playing. Mm -hmm. And they want to play. I say compete. Compete. But I can also understand if, you know, guys want to move on and they want to, you know, they graduated, they got an opportunity to go somewhere else where they may, um, their light may shine a little bit. I I, I get that. But in a lot of ways, some ways, I don't really like that transfer. I really
1: don't. Well, in this case, at least Mike did graduate from Clemson, so he's a Clemson guy, will always be. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the fans love him. As long as he doesn't go to Columbia, I think he'll always be special to the fans. Just don't go to Columbia, Mike. Um, uh, And then, uh, LaVonda, but you said you hope Clemson has the connection you have. I think Clemson does, considering 44 sitting up there in the uh, in, in Memorial Stadium and as you know in the Ring of Honor. Um, I think there's a definitely a connection. Clemson fans love you, man. There's no doubt about that. So don't you ever worry about that end, okay, buddy? Um, it's,
0: it's, it's not that, though. It's just that me, you know, I have learned that you have to express love, <laughs> and you know, and you have to be intentional about it. So I just wanted to express my love. I, I'm not saying that they don't love me, but. I just want to express my love and, you know, uh-huh. let people know how much Clemson really meant for a guy from the South Carolina that, you know, I had a, I had a gentleman to just say like, I never even thought you were going to get off a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Thanks. You know, Appreciate that.
0: <laughs> it, it was so funny though, but yeah, I mean, coming from that situation to go to Clemson where Clemson was bigger than life to me, uh-huh. And for you to be embraced by the culture, it's amazing. And to see my name on the building, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. you know, my father was in a position where, you know, he couldn't walk through the front door because of his skin color. And for, for me to go to Clemson and do as well as I did and to be on that building, um, I just hope
1: that I made him proud. I really did. Oh man, there's no doubt, buddy. Don't even think that. Don't even think about it. You definitely did. Um, so also this week came out the uh, the 2021 football schedule, and as I look at the schedule, LeVon, we'll break it down a little bit. The one game that really sticks out to me is uh, the very first one. Yes, <laughs> and they play the uh, Georgia Bulldogs on September 4th at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Man, you played in the Clemson Georgia rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, I believe you were, uh, I think you that would have been your red shirt year in '87, right? When uh, Treadwell yeah. made the field goal there in the valley.
0: Yes, um,
1: what, what's it like being around that rivalry? Because I think a lot of the young people of on don't remember what me and you remember about the Georgia Clemson rivalry. But I wrote a series of stories on the Clemson Insider a few years back when Clemson and Georgia played called The 11 Year War, where mm-hmm. I wrote about those 11 games where I think only one of those gains was decided by less than a touchdown or by more than a touchdown. Um, Most of the time it went down to a field goal in the last minute or a team had the ball trying to drive to score in the last seconds. What do you remember about the Georgia-Clemson rivalry? and, 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 and And to get fans excited, especially younger fans, about how special it is for Clemson to play Georgia, given that it's only 70 miles down the road.
0: Well, that's a part of it. One of my one of my favorite games ever is the year before I got to Clemson, and uh, I think it was 1986 when Clemson played Georgia in Athens, mm-hmm. and Treadwell hit that money field goal. What
1: that's one Treadwell? of the
0: games that that's one of the games on YouTube that I would watch over and over. It was a tremendous game. It really was. <clears throat> so that rivalry. It was one of them, I mean, it was a fist fight. You know, there's there's certain games that you play, right? Mm-hmm. And I always relate it to, I, I, I use a wrestling analogy. It's a cage match fight, man. It's a loser go home fight. It's um, a loser get their hair cut. It's a haircut match. <laughs> it's one of those kind of fights. It's, it's that serious, you know. It, it, it's um, a game that you're willing to get hurt. You're willing to do whatever you need to do for you to win that game. It's big time, and that's Georgia and Clemson. It is probably only number two to Clemson and South Carolina. That's how that's how bitter that rivalry
1: can be. I remember, uh, I I remember back in those days, the Georgia Clemson game was. It really kind of like Clemson's season and what Clemson was going to do, whether contend for a national championship or win an ACC really came down to whether they win that Georgia game, even though it's non-conference. And that's what I like about this year's game coming up, LeVon, is that both these teams likely are going to be in the top five, top Mm -hmm. five now. The winner of this game is going to have an inside track to the college football playoff. This is probably the most national implicated game that Clemson and Georgia have played ever, to be honest with you, but definitely one that kind of rivals – what it was like every year in the '80s when Clemson and Georgia were playing, because there was always so much on the line, right?
0: Well, I usually think that the team that won that game had a huge push in momentum going forward with the rest of the season, because the game was just hard the whole time, and so whoever won that game had a you know a lift going into the next game. Uh, the the difference I always feel between professional football and college football is this, when in college football, if you lose a big game like this, you have to be careful not to lose the next week, because guys put their whole heart, soul, their energy in, it. so you have to be careful as a coach, if they do lose, what do you do the next week to get those guys back, and not to keep lingering on about losing a big rivalry game such as this. And I feel this game is going to carry momentum going forward in their season. Even though it's the first game, you think like, oh, it's the first game it's not a conference game. But I think mentally and especially energy-wise, when you lose a game of that significance on the big stage, it's going to be on the big stage. I'm sure game day is going to be there. It's going to be like the. It's going to be like Florida Georgia. Just in the first years, just you know, it's more like Georgia, South Carolina, you know, the two states going against each other. So, from a energy and momentum standpoint, it's a big game. It may not have anything to do with the ACC or anything like that, and it is the first game. But trust me, going into the next game, it really does have a big significance. And as a coach, you have to be ready to deal with that if you lose that game, and even if you win it. You got to make sure that the players are even killed about that whole thing. So, yeah, it's a big-time game. If you don't think it's a big-time game, you don't know much about college football.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And it, and it's a big-time rivalry, um, more probably than what the younger people understand. It's a – Clemson, Georgia is a – Real nasty rivalry, and it'll be fun to see those two guys locking up again and um, playing um, brings me back to my youth and how fun it was to always get ready for that game every year. Um, The next game, LeVon, that I really look at and say, okay, this is going to be interesting, and it's not because the score is going to be interesting because I think we know when I say this team's name what the score is going to be. But Clemson's um, October 30th home game against Florida State, is the next one I look at on this schedule as, okay, (laughs) this is going to be interesting because Mm -hmm. we all know what happened last year down in Tallahassee. And um, I would imagine one William Christopher Sweeney is going to have his boys fired up like he probably never has before for a football game. What do you think?
0: No question about it. I remember when we lost to Florida State in
1: 1988
0: on a punt ruski. And the next year coming back, we wanted them so badly. We really did. We wanted to play them so badly. I imagine that the heat index will be the same <laughs> because you basically wasted a trip going to Florida State. You basically begged them that, "Hey, we'll play you guys at any time." They refused. And you remember that that analogy I used about going on a date with a girl mm-hmm. and she kind of blows you off, and you know you're there for the whole weekend and she doesn't want to get together with you for some other reason. Now she's coming back and she's like, hey, how you doing? In your mind, you're thinking, revenge. And revenge is about pain. It's about admitting that you're, you was, you were hurt. I feel like Clemson feels like Florida State in a lot of ways disrespected them. And they also feel like, you know, they they did them wrong. Mm-hmm which they did. So you better believe there's going to be some emphasis put on this game. I don't care what somebody may say in front of the cameras and say, like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, it's another game. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> that game has a big red circle on it, along with the Georgia game, along with the South Carolina game. That <laughs> they're going to bring it. They're going to bring it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought the South Carolina game, because that's the next one I was going to go to is at the end of the year, November 27th, um, uh, Coincidentally, um, the day of my wedding anniversary, which would have been my wedding anniversary, but my ex wife, who is a University of South Carolina grad. Um, so luckily, or hopefully, Clemson um, makes that a bad day for her. Um, <laughs> Right, yeah. And <laughs> no, nothing else, right? <laughs> if nothing else. That's what we want, right? If nothing else. So, uh, But anyway, that game is on November 27th in Columbia. And so I know a lot of Clemson people are not very happy about this game being in Columbia, LeVon, because they felt like the SEC took a game away from Clemson in Death Valley last year. Yeah. And um, that game that they felt like could have been played. Um, and um, so – What's your thoughts on that? Are you as kind of unhappy about this game getting in Columbia, or do you really not care?
0: I don't really care. And from my perspective, there's nothing like beating South Carolina at Death Valley, but it's really nothing, nothing like beating South Carolina at williams Price. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things to do in life. And you <laughs> did it well. It, yes, yes. So, for me, I like going to South. I, as a player, I love going to williams Bryce and playing South Carolina and beating them at their place. So, I get it. It does still a game away from Clemson being at home, and I understand that fully. But I think guys like me, guys probably like you, Even better when you beat them at Williams Price. (laughs) Even better when you beat them at Williams Price. There is nothing like beating South Carolina at their own place. So for me, I kind of like it. I do. I mean, honestly, I would have took three of my four years to play that South Carolina, to go to South (laughs) Carolina, and to beat them in South Carolina. I would have. I would have. You know, they say, hey – What's one place you want to go to and play a football game? I'd be like, Williams-Price, let's let's play there three years. I'll take one year where we play them in Death Valley. But it's nothing like hushing that crowd up. You can throw all the bottles and everything else you want to, but we're beating you down on the field. So I can understand where some people may say, like, oh, man, that's terrible. They're taking something away from us. Not really. Not really. (laughs) There's a joy in beating South Carolina at Williams Price. If I haven't said it 100 times during this question you asked me, there is something great about beating them at Williams Price. It's really not that far away. And this is what I always say every time we play South Carolina at South Carolina, especially after that 89 year we always say rent is due that game and all the other times you can do whatever you want to, you can decorate the house all you want to, but when we come, it's time to pay the rent. Cause we own this place. You're just renting it. We own it. So I can't see why you would be upset playing, going collecting your rent. And
1: the funny thing is, um, and I've thrown I this stat out there before. So, since you guys, you know, your 1989 team went up there and won 45 to nothing, Clemson was um, is 12 and four in the 16 games they've gone to Columbia. At one point, they were 11 and one. It's, <laughs> a, so,
0: uh, it's, a, good, it's a great place to get a win. It's a great place to get a win. I don't know what people are talking about. <laughs> they say they don't want to go to South Carolina. It's,
1: what did you mean? It's like a home away from home. I mean, can you imagine 11 out of 12 times Clemson beating them in their place? You know, Gamecock fans had to hate that, right? And that's what makes it so great is that Gamecock what, fans. are the so,
0: beauty <laughs> They're so mad yeah. about it. That they absolutely hate it. I'm going to tell you the best time of my life is my senior year, that I came out as one of the captains. And they said my name, and I got a array of booze. Man, I felt like Rick Flair. I love the booze. If I'm playing away, the more you boo, the the better it is. If you don't, as a competitor, if you don't like the booze as much or even more so than the cheers, I kind of I kind of feel for you. You don't have the right mindset. You just don't. You don't have the right mindset, and you're not gonna be a player. But if you like the booze and you like the hostile away crowds, that's the making of a good football player. And there's no place better than williams Bryce to get those boobs And to get those fans to really hate the colors that you wear. But you know what? In the back of their mind, they know that they're probably going to lose that game. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. So, let's play in South Carolina another year. Let's play every year. Let's play every year in South Carolina so we can just take that off.
1: They used to do that big Thursday, and Clemson owned them then too, right? So, I mean, Clemson won the majority of those games by then some, you know, uh, back right. in the big Thursday days. So, why not? They've done it before. Why not, right?
0: Yeah, man. So, what? You play in South Carolina in South Carolina. <laughs> that's, a,
1: that's a win. That's normally a win. So, History yeah, occurs, I have no problem with it. 70% of the time, history tells us it is a win, so.
0: Yeah. And also, you know the best part about that, Will, is when they're walking out the stadium early. <laughs> in, that 89, in that 89 game, that was the fun part. We were beating them, and they were just like, you know what? That's it. We're, we're done. And we're just like, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the heck out of here.
1: I know a lot of people look at 63-17, and they say, oh, that was – and it was a beatdown of epic proportions, don't get me wrong. But, to me, that 1989 game, like you're talking about, that to me was the best year because it was – I mean, they didn't even sniff that other side of the field. They couldn't even sniff it. You guys just it was a, them.
0: It was a whooping. That's like – as a kid, if you ever got that whooping that sticks in your mind. Yeah, it's that switch. You guys took a switch that, to them. We – laid the wood to them, and we could have played that game for two days and they still wouldn't score. Nope. They still wouldn't score. We I think we barely dominated those guys. And the cool thing was we came out in the white, all white business suits that I always used to call them, the business gear. And then we went in there and the orange pants were laid out for us. And you just knew they're gonna really get it this time. I felt like we would have beat them regardless, but when we put the orange on those orange pants, and this is the first time we've done it in a away game when I was there, first time period. Oh yeah, you knew you knew what time it was. You did, and it was a special beating them there. So I, I, I like playing there. I, I don't know about you. I, I like I like when we go there. It's, it's easy. It was not easy, but it's a game that's very satisfying
1: it's fun because of um, their fans. That's why it makes it fun, man. Um, Real fast before we get out of here. um, I'm sure you were like me and a lot of Clemson fans, right. That um, very relieved that Tony Elliott uh, um, decided not to go to Tennessee when he was being courted this time last week, pretty heavily by Tennessee and they wanted him, And, um, but he decided it wasn't the best time for him to, to make that jump. And, and then, of course, Brent Venables um, earlier this year pulled his name out of the Auburn hat. How big is it for Clemson to have those two guys back for next year and what it means for this football program?
0: Uh, it just means a whole lot. It, it just means that the band is going to stay together. You know, uh, I, I, I watched a documentary about the BGs.
1: I watched that too. That was a
0: good one. Yeah, did you? Yeah. yeah, well, you saw the part where they almost broke up, right? You know, they—they mm-hmm. they, well, actually, they did break up for a second. But when they came back, that Saturday Night Fever soundtrack that had all those hits on it, man, wouldn't have been possible if there was some other guy in the band, or even if Andy would came on the band. Right, those brothers uniting like that really brought the chemistry together. And I feel because what happened mm-hmm. in the Ohio State but all of them to come back. It's going to be really good for the Tigers. And when you're in a winning situation, man, it's so much better when you have the guys that you're familiar with. You know, when you have a new guy, there's an adjustment. I don't care how successful you are. There's an adjustment, especially in a leadership position like Tony is in. So to have Tony come back, I I think it's good for not only the football team, but I think it's good for guys like C.J. Skiller, who's going to be coaching running backs for the first time. I think it's going to be good for him to have someone like Tony back there. And Tony, quite frankly, is one of the best offense coordinators in college football. And with the talent that they got coming in there going to have, they're going to be just a strong team. But you can have – the funny thing about teams – And I I really think about this when Coach Hatfield was there. We basically had everybody coming back, right? Mm -hmm. But Danny Ford was gone and the coaching staff was gone. Same team, but the next year we were a different team. We were not the same team. And all my teammates, we talk about this, we really felt that Danny Ford would have came back. We felt that we were going to win the national championship that following year. And if you don't think Uh, significant coaching changes don't make a difference? It does. Because we had to get accustomed to Coach Hatfield and his staff instead of, you know, the same staff we had before. Now you kind of, as a staff member, you kind of know what you got, what you don't have, how to use it better. When you're a new guy coming in, it's going to take you a little bit of time, especially in a pandemic where you kind of don't know what spring football is going to look like, what preseason football is going to look like. So having Tony, especially somebody who's very familiar with the offense, everybody kind of knows the terminology and everything, I, I think is huge. I think it's huge, and I think now you're going to be able to make a real strong run at the national championship.
1: Totally agree with you on all accounts. I think it's a big deal for Clemson and, you know, getting those guys back in and, and actually didn't even think about it from the pandemic standpoint, but you're right you know that's one leg Clemson like you know even at Alabama they have a new offensive coordinator this year and and uh, Bill O'Brien so they're going to have to get used to that so even the defending national champions are are going to kind of be behind the eight ball a little bit when it comes to Clemson in this pandemic era because as you mentioned planning getting used to a coach would be very difficult right now more so even than normal so a big deal for Clemson get both those guys back as they now, as we know what the schedule is, we know when spring game is going to be, April 3rd, by the way. Which, so that means the Tigers are more than likely going to start sometime at the end of February, going to start spring practice here. So we'll know all that. So there's a lot of football to talk about. That's the good thing. And, of course, next week it's the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about that. So um, – we're going to do that uh, next week. Uh, we're Have a special Super Bowl podcast. It's kind of involved Clemson, a little Clemson flavor in it as well. Yeah, but but, but we'll but we're going to, have to break down the Super Bowl, but with LeVon Kirkland. So, but for right now we're going to get on out of here, LeVon. Uh, it was fun, buddy. I'll see you next week uh, for Will Vandervoort. Excuse me for LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. We'll see you next week on Inside Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. All right, Will.